Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it. This is episode 100. I have said that beginning. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining me. Really appreciate it. A hundred times now. That is insane to me. This is going to be a little bit of a different episode. I'm going to talk a little bit more about myself this episode. Don't worry. We will still have an interview. You already see it in the title. A very impactful interview. I'm going to get to that in a second. But I just want to talk a little bit about a hundred episodes. That's a ton of episodes i i just can't believe that we've gotten to 100 uh you know i'll I'll mention it uh, again kind of when we're talking about the contest um you know the the two-year mark what that that's roughly episode 104 it won't exactly be correct because you know when i first started i was uh doing bi-weekly so really i think it's already been two years but we'll do the 104 as an official two-year mark but Man, 100 episodes. I, I kind of talked about it in the first episode, but I started this just wanting to talk to interesting people from all walks of life, people that had their 15 minutes of fame, and then you think, where are they at now? People who have done amazing things that we can only dream of, um, people who have become famous and people that we respect and and revere that was something that i really wanted to uh to do i remember over two years ago now sitting in a park had my dog there had my uh fiance there which at the time was just my my girlfriend so we've uh, gotten engaged and actually getting married next month it is august 2022 right now so we're getting married in september of 2022 a lot has happened i want to include you just in a little bit of me like i just mentioned but back to back to that uh, that park you know i was talking to her about i, I want to start a podcast i want to talk to people you know they're interesting stories i i i just i love that and obviously she was very supportive i went and got a podcast microphone that one wound up not being what I wanted at all. I tested an interview with my dad, actually. Can you hear me? Is this a good? Can, can you understand what I'm saying? Can I understand what you're saying? How do I record this? What software should I use? Did all that. Interviewed my first person, which, you know, sometimes who I interview is kind of flipped around because I, I post them in different times. But my first podcast is actually the first person I interviewed. Uh, Matt Javitt, who is a local here in Indianapolis that uh, traveled the world with his wife. I don't know where they are in the travels now. They may be a little bit more, um, you know, staying in one space now. But he had an Amazon Prime show as well where he gets his hair cut all over the world. So appreciate him being my first person to talk to. I was nervous. I was scared. That was such a crazy thing. Now, honestly... You know, I, I love talking to people. I enjoy it, and I can just, you know, I can just focus on what I enjoy. I don't even really get nervous about it anymore. You know, I just want to make sure I got questions written. Sometimes I'm writing questions an hour before my interview. Um, it's just, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. So much outside of the podcast happened, but I, I, you know, I've spent so much time, almost two years with some of you guys, and I've never really talked too much about me you know i'm trying to think because i put out on instagram um i'm kind of all over the place here but i put uh, on, on instagram you know what questions do you have for me and kind of the overwhelming response was just to introduce myself a little bit more you know just basic questions about me several different basic questions i'm going to kind of touch on some of those um but i think it's kind of funny when i was thinking of these basic questions okay have i ever talked about this before and most of the basic things about me if you've listened to all 100 episodes, <laughs> you've, you've probably got some because in my questions, in my explanations to people, when I talk in interviews, you know, I talk about quite a bit of different things, but I've never truly introduced myself very much, and I've never truly 
giving you kind of who is Jackson Up, who is your your host. So I'm going to do that kind of, you know, when I'm always thinking about um, you know, saying a little bit more about myself, a little bit more color, a little more character to the podcast, I don't because, you know, I try to make these interviews about 45 minutes, but they always seem to go over, so I'm always trying to cut cut little things out, and I'm thinking, okay, I can spend a little bit more time in the beginning and the end talking about myself and talking about me, or I can leave this question in the interview, and people can learn more about this person that I have on. So, nine times out of ten, 98 times out of 100, rather than give myself time, I just keep more of the interview in, and I rush to you know, to have the beginning and the end so you guys get to listen to all these interesting people. I think you enjoy that, but I also think you may want to know maybe a little bit about your host. Um, one thing I want to mention before I, I get back to talking about me, as you hear, it's hard for me to even do it. I've been talking for three or four minutes about talking about myself, but I still haven't said much. Um, but like I was mentioning, 100 episodes, you probably got... You know, a good a good ideal of who I am and, and uh, things about me. Um, but I want to say, if any of you guys have listened to all 100 episodes, every single episode, please email me, notinahuffpodcast.gmail.com. I will have a special prize for you. That's not um, part of the contest. God love you if you have been able to put up with me for 100 episodes. Um, and I want to do something special for you. It's going to kind of be a, um, I guess, you know, I, I, there's no way for me to truly, truly check. Maybe I'll, I'll think of something, have you, have you kind of do a little bit of proof, but probably not a, a ton. I'm, I believe you, my followers, my listeners, you're trustworthy people, aren't you? But yeah, email me and, uh, and I, I want to I want to uh, reward you for having to listen to, listen to me for a hundred episodes and hope you've enjoyed the the vast variety of people. You know, when I started this podcast, everyone say you need you need to find one thing. You need to find a, a niche that, you know, sports or uh, travel or this or that, which I 100% think if you do find that niche, that you gain a, a larger following that just like that type of podcast. And I could have 100% done that and probably been even more successful than it has been um but i didn't because i love to talk to everyone and i hope that you guys have enjoyed that and i hope you've listened to an episode or two that you're like oh, i don't think i would be interested in that and then you listen and you're captivated by it because that is 100 percent happened to me that i've booked someone for an interview and thought eh not sure about that or oh, i don't know about that i don't know if i'll like that and then i'm just enamored by them i'm captivated by what they're saying and it turns out to be some of the best podcasts and the best listened to which doesn't even matter to me some of my favorite are, don't even have uh, near the, the listens that others do so it would be the uh, i guess the the biggest form of uh of respect the biggest form of um compliment to me if you've listened to an episode that you didn't think you were going to like, it wasn't a topic that you thought would interest you, but it wound up being something you really liked. That would be so awesome because that's my that's my goal is to, to bring you just an interesting person every week, even if it's not in a topic you thought you were interested in. Let's get to back to a little bit about me. Um, rather than answer these questions one by one, let me just kind of tell you who I am, who your host has been over the past two years, Jackson Huff. Uh, that's me. Um, <laughs> it's always weird. But 31 years old, as most of you know, work in education, uh, work for a college in admissions and recruiting and teach a few classes, uh, advise students. Uh, really, really love that. It's kind of what formed my... Um, not really my passion because when you when we talk about the interview here in a minute you're gonna see that started earlier um, but uh, it made me more comfortable in talking to people and getting people's life story out of them and, and sharing um, you know about all these people from all walks of life I think that's kind of what uh, what helped me a lot in, in this process and I've mentioned that in you know in many interviews in the past that it's a, a helpful thing for sure 
Um, like I mentioned, you know, sitting on that, uh, sitting in that park and thinking about the podcast the whole time I've had my uh, fiance Abigail by my side. Um, we weren't, uh, we weren't officially engaged at that point when when this first started, but we did get engaged last. Uh, oh goodness, not March 2022, March 2021, I think. But we're getting married um, September 2022. Super happy about that. Super excited. Um, she works in the healthcare field. Um, oh goodness, let me think of the other things people wanted to know. Um, I, have uh, where I where oh yeah where where am I from? We've I've talked about that from Indianapolis, Indiana, biggest city in Indiana, Midwestern person. Lived in Indiana my whole life. Lived further north in the past. Um, moved to Indianapolis in college. Never left. Love it here. Um, you know every every state every city has its challenges, but that Midwestern charm, the Hoosier hospitality, is real. I really do think people in Indiana are some of the nicest that you can find. Um, yeah, I uh, sometimes people want to know a little bit more about my, you know, my thoughts on things, my political views. I I think sometimes if you listen, you can maybe get a little bit of that out of out of this podcast. But I really, really take not enough to mean something. I really do think that it's important to not just spew my my thoughts we live in a world right now where so many people are just you know throwing throwing at you everything they think and what you should think and your thoughts are wrong i don't want to do that i you know not in a huff is all about not being mad you know not being in a huff not being upset you know it's i was it's my name I was lucky enough to think of that name and um with not in a huff um but I, I, it really has uh, has been what this podcast has been. Very rarely give my opinions, um, which, you know, I think in the last 20-plus episodes, I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with doing that, but I still don't expect that in the next 100 just to be like, you know, turning into an opinion podcast, because that's not me. This is a little bit more journalistic, if if, if you will crazy to think that it's journalistic but if you think of all the people that i've talked to it's it's almost it almost is that at this point which is really really cool um yeah so i'm not really going to go into all of that if you knew me in my personal life (laughs) you definitely know that i'm pretty uh pretty vocal there but not in the podcast um let's uh let's get into hopefully that's enough about me uh, maybe maybe not if there, you do have other questions i'm always an open book I love to talk to talk to the listeners email me instagram me all that kind of stuff um but uh, let's get into what this week's podcast is about this week's podcast as you see in the title is with gisela lundy and gisela moved here when she was in her early 20s married a u.s soldier and moved here from Germany. She grew up in Nazi Germany. She grew up, you know, during the war, you know, jumping in in, uh, in bomb shelters, jumping in foxholes, meeting young Russian girls, young J- Jewish people, and uh, and then them not being there the next day. Um, we talk all about that. You know, she was a kid, so she doesn't remember every everything. Uh, but we talk about what it was like to grow up in in a very interesting place and obviously a, a place that was doing some very heinous things and uh, and what the German people knew at that time. What makes this so special and why it's the 100th episode? You see that in the title too, that Gisela Lundy is my grandmother. And uh, so it's really important to bring you somebody who I... No, personally, I, um, you know, love, cherish, respect. Of course, um, it was just it was it was a powerful thing to to have you bring somebody to you who, um, you know, I've I've heard their story many times, and I uh, I, um, I I just cherish 
cherish hearing it, and I'm going to tell you in a minute maybe why that's maybe even more important now. Um, but just every week we we meet somebody new. I haven't. It's very few times have I had you know a pre-interview. Sometimes people want that, but most of the time, you know, we talk for four or five minutes before we start recording few minutes after but otherwise that is my interaction with that person so we meet them together essentially this week not necessarily the case the other really cool reason i wanted to post this interview it's it's a shorter one it's only 20 minutes so allowed me to chat to you beforehand but it also kind of proves that this podcast was (laughs) i don't want to say my destiny but i was destined to interview people destined to to talk to people obviously i took that into my work as well but destined to do something like this because i actually recorded this interview over 10 years ago this was when i was just freshly out of high school i spoke to to my grandma and had her share her story with me i wanted it to get recorded i put it on my uh um little hd camera what was it called go not gopro oh goodness i can't even remember it was by cisco what is it uh uh, i can't even remember what the camera was called um but so it's it's a video too but obviously we'll just hear the audio here um i do want to point out yeah it's 10 years ago didn't think it was ever going to be a podcast so there is background noise which drives me insane at this point 100 episodes in, the sound quality is super important to me, but it's also important to me to share this, so do bear with me with the sound of this. She has so many interesting insights to share, but the sound quality is not great. I'm sorry, let me jump in that time machine 10 years ago and tell young Jackson, fix your sound quality, dude, but I can't do that, so you'll just have to have to bear with it and, and hear what she's got to say. Um, but I'm so glad that I did interview her 10 years ago, and I'm so glad I do have this just for, you know, having it for my own personal personal records and my family's um, to, to cherish because, you know, she, my grandmother is still, still alive, but um, she does have some memory issues now, um, some, some pretty significant ones. So I do, uh, you know, I do think that I'm not exactly sure whether this would be an interview that could happen now um obviously when it comes to memory old memories are easier than young the new ones so it's easier to remember the past than the than the future or the present obviously you can't remember the, the future that would be something else but the present so maybe maybe she could still reminisce but i do think that um this is a, a powerful conversation um for for me um, to, to have, uh, you know, a, a record of history of. So, so glad that I was able to, to speak with her. Um, I've never spoken to you this long before, beforehand. I'm going to get into, um, my interview with Gisela Lundy, her time growing up in, in Nazi Germany. Afterwards, then let's, uh, let's talk about the 100 episode giveaway, how I'm going to, uh, to give some prizes with that. There will be um, a, a nice, a nice prize, um, but uh, let's listen to uh, my my interview ten years ago with Gisela Lundy, and then I will catch you afterwards. No, good. My name is Gisela Lundy. I was born Gisela Meng to Franz and Elizabeth Meng in Worms, Germany in 1941. I can start remembering by the time I was three years old. We lived with my grandparents. They had an apartment house in Worms. And we lived on the first floor and had the rest of it rented out. My dad was away in the war in Norway on heavy artillery. And I looked out the window a lot and I seen those two little girls playing out in the street and I tried talking to them, but they couldn't understand me. So my mom and my grandma found out there was two little Russian girls. Their mother was deported into Germany to do work 
for the Nazis and the little girls by themselves all day long. And they didn't have, it was starting to get cold out, it was late in the fall and they didn't have uh, heavy clothes to wear. So my grandma and my mom, after dark, snuck them into the house in the evenings where nobody could see them because we weren't allowed to do that. And my mom was a seamstress. They took some old clothes of theirs, like they did for me too, and tore them apart and sewed each of the girls a winter coat. And we played, but you know, every time we could sneak them in the house, I played with them. One of them was nine years old, her name was Lydia, and the other one was seven years old, her name was Natalia. And shortly after that, there was a lot of heavy bombing in my hometown. And my grandparents had a piece of ground with a two-room garden shack a little ways out of town. So we moved a lot of our belongings out there, beds and kitchen equipment and some of the valuables they had, and we stayed out there. And I remember being around 11 o'clock, the bomb sirens go off, and I was ripped out of bed, and my mom threw a blanket over me, and we went to bomb shelters, which I didn't mind because I was used to it. I was born into it, and I thought it was kind of nice not to have to stay in bed all night, because I didn't know no different. And uh, when, on the very end of the war, I was four at the time, the sirens went off, and we didn't know it at the time, but I was aiming for worms, my hometown. I was trying to damage the Rhine River Bridge. That was one of the last bridges that they had uh, uh, damaged to keep the Germans to come back across. And we ran when the sirens went off, like we always did, and we couldn't. The bomb shelters was all, all full. So we went back in the woods, and there was some uh, old German soldiers had dug, what do you call them? Trenches. Trenches, yeah. And we jumped into my grandpa and my grandma and my mom and me, and we jumped in them. There was foxholes. We jumped into foxholes. And my grandma couldn't keep up with the running, so we lost her. We didn't know what happened to her. And we jumped the foxholes, my mom, my grandpa, and me and our dog, he ran with us. And I remember they laid me, they sat down, you know, and stretched their legs out, and they laid me on my stomach across their legs and put a blanket over me. And I don't remember a lot of details like my grandparents, my mom did, but there was a lot of explosions and the whole ground was shaking and uh, it lasted about 10 minutes or 15. And when it was all over, we climbed out of the foxhole and we didn't know if my grandma was still alive. We walked back down the street and she came running towards us. She found a place behind a big uh, cement wall that's where she lay. And she said the whole world was shaking. She was afraid it'll fall on her before it was all over. And I remember walking down towards the place we stayed, and uh, everything was on fire around us. And when we got back to the house, you know, the two-room garden shack we lived in, there was a big hill we had to climb over, because the house right next to us had been bombed and it left a big crater in our yard and left all that dirt, you know, in our walkway to go down to the place, but our little two-room garden shack was still standing. So they put me in one of their wooden wagons and all the neighbors got together and dug out of our neighbors next door. They were still in their basement. Their house had fallen on them. They dug them out of the basement. I don't remember all the details, but I remember being there. So after all that was over and everything kind of settled down, the people that lived behind us, Gertrude, she was four years older than me. She used to come over and we played together. I was about f almost five and she was nine. And we go down that big old crater that left, was left in our yard filled up with water. And we went down there trying to catch frogs. 
So one day I was out by myself. She she hadn't come over yet, and luckily my grandfather was outside working in the garden. They put out potatoes, whatever they could find, you know, to grow some food for us to eat. And I went down there trying to catch frogs, and I fell in it. I had a winter coat on. It was in March, and if it hadn't been for my grandpa, because I started screaming for my mom, he heard me. And I would have drowned it. He got me. He went in the water, uh, waist deep, and pulled me out. And after, I remember them getting me in the house, taking all my clothes off, and sticking me in a warm tub of water. And after that happened, all the neighbors got gas and filled up that water hole. And after that, we just lived, you know, the best way we could until my dad came home. My dad wound up in French prison camp for a year and a half. And uh, somehow my mom used to go, go there on the train to bring him food because they didn't feed him a whole lot. And they made out a plan for him to escape, which he got accomplished. My mom went with civilian clothes and waited on him. And some of the other German prisoners helped him to do it. And he escaped, and it took it took him two weeks, which normally would have been like a three, four hour train ride. It took him two weeks to get back to Worms because he had no paper, so they had to hide and jump on the trains and hide so nobody would see him. And when he finally came back home, they went into town because of the big house my grandparents had had been totally bombed out. So they pulled their wagon into town and got all the stones and material they could find. Whatever they pick up, my dad built a house out where I then grew up the rest, you know, until I was grown up outside the town. My dad built that house. It was a double house. My grandparents lived on one side. My parents and me and my sister was born in 47, lived on the other side. And then later on I had another sister, she's almost 20 years younger than me. And I came to the United States in 1962 and got three children and six. I, I'm wanting to come back to the two little Russian girls and their mother after it was all over. They came out to see us and said their goodbyes. They said they was going to go back to Russia, so they thought probably, because we never ever heard nothing from them anymore after that. We kind of figured they was probably killed on the way, you know, wherever they took them, because we never ever heard from them anymore after the war. Okay. So tell me about, you've told me about this before in passing, but tell me about when you like played on on the bombs and in the shelter and stuff like that? Yeah, and we used to play, there were some uh, bombs that haven't detonated. We used to play, they looked like big old Chinese round slides. We used to slide down on them until Gertrude, my friend I played with her older brother, caught us and he chased us off. And they called the bomb squad, so they came and got rid of the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just normal to you to play Yeah, it was just normal for us to play those. Yeah. We, anytime we seen something shiny, you can slide down, we did it. We used to play in the old leftover bomb shelters before they tore them all out, like played house in it and hide and seek, <laughs> slid off of the cement, you know, that was kind of sloped outside. So during, during, how about before the war, what did people think of, of Adolf Hitler? Yeah. Like when he was elected, I mean, how, how did that all take, how would people think? The reason he was elected, because Germany was in a really bad economic downslope, nobody had jobs, and he, he acted, which at the time he was, he was for the people. He gave people jobs, better housings, and uh, everybody was going for that, because everybody was doing without for years. It can happen in any country. Somebody comes along and makes everything, you know, for the working people. 
look rosy. Deshalb he was the guy you know to vote for. That's how it came in power. They didn't know he was gonna did what he did later on. They never even dreamed he was gonna do that. He was supposed to be the people's person. So what was what did I mean? What was the government's excuse for why were why were you guys in war with America and everyone else that you were? What did they tell well, you? Well, Hitler started the war. He wanted to take all. He started in Poland. He wanted to take over all of Europe fast, you know, I was told throughout history. Right. What he actually wanted to do, he wanted to create a united Europe and there would have been a united Europe and the United States. I mean, and, I mean, were the Germans perceptive to that or by that time he just was doing whatever he wanted? By that time the Germans figured out, you know, it was, it was a bad choice. and. Uh, he shouldn't have been the guy that elected, you know, when they did, because uh, everybody was afraid of him by then. You couldn't say nothing against him, or you'd wound up in a concentration camp like the Jewish people did. It didn't matter if you didn't go along with his regime, you know, you was the bad guy, you was arrested. Mm -hmm. And what did, I mean, what did Germans think after, they didn't know at the time that exactly the extent of what he was doing with the Jewish people and the gypsies and stuff, did they? No, not really. They had, they heard rumors, you know, from what I was told later on. I was too little, you know, to know, to, you know, know what was going on at the time. But later on, you know, when they was talking about it, they heard rumors. Some of them didn't even believe him, you know, they said nothing like that could happen. But it did, you know, later on they found out it actually did. Did you, I mean, were, did you know very many Jewish people that maybe disappeared during that time, or was that not? I didn't, but my grandparents did. Uh, and so they, your grandparents knew some Jewish people that had been taken to the concentration yeah. camp, so? Yeah, that, you know, just disappeared, you know, nobody knew where they went. The people actually was told they were sent back, you know, wherever, you know, wherever, you know, leave Germany. And some of them did, you know, one the ones that had enough money did go to Sweden or Switzerland or nowhere, you know, they got away, but most of them didn't. What about before the war when, when um, I mean, they were just kind of pressing down on the Jews? Do you remember, like, oh, well, that was a little, well, that was right when you were born, like the whole, you know, making them wear the Star of David and stuff like that. Do you remember any of that? No. It's like, I mean, you know, before the war, they were just making more of the Star of David and paying more taxes. Oh yeah, the, no, they, they, yeah, they made them wear the Star of David and closed up their shops, burned their shops, knocked their windows out. That's what they call the Kristallnacht. Mm -hmm. And uh, they just Hitler was under the impression he told the people, the Jewish people, came to Germany and took everything away, they won whole Germany. It wasn't the Germans that run, it was the Jewish people. They took over the big banks, big businesses, everything. And from the way you know, the German people was told, Hitler got, was going to get it back for them. So what did, what did the Germans think once they heard you know, what, had, what had happened, what had actually Hitler had done with all these people? Well, most of us totally you know, in shock, appalled. You know, they couldn't believe it. Yeah. Like my family, you know, they could not believe it. You know, something like that could even happen, but, but it did. Yeah. And what did I mean, what did Germans think of Americans at that time? They really didn't think bad of Americans. Matter of fact, they was kind of fascinated, you know, by the American people. When the American soldiers came into Germany, you know, everybody seemed to get along. You know, we had they had no hate against the Americans, because the Americans didn't start the war, it was the Germans, Hitler did. Mm -hmm. Nobody wanted war. Like today, nobody wants war, but you have to go, you know, if your country starts war, you have to go. I mean, there was a draft and everything, I'm assuming. Yeah, everybody, all the guys had to go. Did you, I mean, I don't really know, with, with your town, was was there, did they, did the Americans occupy your town before actually real war started? Did you come in contact with any Americans before then, like soldiers, or did it not happen until they were bombing? It was the uh, first 
my hometown was occupied by French and then later on the Americans, the French moved some, I don't know where the Americans came and they stayed for a long time, like I said. I met my husband in 62, now he was stationed over there. They stayed in Germany for, I think up until up in the 80s and 90s, after the Berlin Wall came down, you know, a lot of the bases over there closed and there's not that many Americans in Germany anymore as far as I know. Yeah. How did how did the French soldiers treat the German citizens at the time? They didn't treat them as nice as the uh, Americans did. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact when my dad escaped it was it went on for about a year the French Gestapo came three times looking for him. He always ran in the back through the neighbor's yard went back in the woods and hid all day. Then they didn't catch him, but they came looking for him for three times and then they finally gave up. I never, I never knew that part of mm. that. So, I mean, what, so tell me like how you met your husband. How did that come about? How did you meet an American soldier like that? Well, I was in town at the Milano Cafe. That's where I met him. Because uh, the American soldiers was every place, and especially on the weekends downtown, and cafes and discos and different places. That's where I met them. So what, I mean, was it, how, I mean, what did you think? Did you want to go back to the U.S.? Or did, was that something you like had dreamed about, or what? No, how did that happen? Not really. I never thought about coming to the United States. Never even entered my mind. I mean, was it, was it scary to leave your family like that? Not really. I was too young and dumb to realize. Yeah. I couldn't do. I couldn't do it now. But when you're only 19, you're ready to see the world. You don't care how. That's true. <laughs> so was I mean was America what you thought it was going to be once you got here? Not really. Not really. Why? Explain why. Why is that? It was just too. Uh, there was a lot more to do in Germany, you know, for young people. When I came over here, I stayed with his grandparents in the house in addition. There was no nothing, no place to go. I was used to going downtown, going to the cafes, meeting my friends, going to the festivals. They have festivals all summer long in different little outskirts of town. And my hometown has like the Oktoberfest in Munich once a year for a week. And there was just nothing to do but sit in the house. Yeah. Out in the yard. And how did you go about, did you learn English while you were still in Germany or how did you learn English? I learned it over here. You just learned it when you came? Mm -hmm. I knew a few words. But. Yeah. I guess that's it. That's good. I think we got it. So that was Gisela Lundy. That was my grandmother. <laughs> what an amazing person. What a special person who's been through so much in her life. Obviously we just covered the you know, time that she was a kid and early moved to the United States. But since the 1960s, obviously she's raised three kids, one of them being my mother. Been through a ton that we don't even have time to get into. But I, it was just an, an honor to, to, to know her. I was going to say an honor to speak with her. I'm so used to that. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm honored to, to have known her and to, to, uh, you know, have somebody in my, my life that has has a real history to them. Everyone does, but uh, and we've learned that obviously through 100 episodes, but, you know, I, I challenge you, if nothing else, to, to do, do this, you know, maybe with a little better sound quality. I apologize again for, for that. Um, again, 10, 10 years ago, me, what were you doing with the sound? But... I, I challenge you to, to hear your, your family's story. I think you'll be shocked and surprised to hear just the life that your grandparents have lived, your great-grandparents have lived, your parents have lived, your brother and sisters have lived, aunts and uncles. You get the picture. So, many, so much life, so much experience, so many interesting things. Um, if you record it, I don't think that... You, whether you're going to create a podcast 10 years later or not, I don't think you'll regret having that. I certainly won't. Um, you know, if if I uh, never record another podcast, which 
don't worry uh, or don't worry uh, sorry for you I'm I there will be a quite a few more um, but I I uh, I'm so glad that this gave me the opportunity to show you show you my my grandma show you that experience and if I don't record another one ever um, to have this was was really powerful um, so happy for that I'm, I'm rambling a little bit about that so take take her interview from from what it was which is a powerful conversation and let's shift gears back to the hundred episode which um you know i just want to thank you guys like i said in the beginning if you've been here for 100 episodes please email me special special gift to you for that um and i will uh i'm, I'm honored i'm honored that you've listened to all of them even if you didn't start two years ago listening if you've binge listen which is another feat in itself to listen to me that much in a binge session but if you've binge listened that counts too i'm so glad that you've that you've listened to them all um so yeah shoot me that email but the prize the contest um i'm going to give a listener who subscribes to me on instagram who leaves a, a five-star review on apple and hopefully on spotify leaves a written review on apple if they have an apple device um i'm gonna pick one who does that i'll i need obviously i'll need proof of that screenshots of of the review screenshots of the five stars screenshots of following me um which i'm going to talk about if you don't have those things in a second but email those direct message those get them to me in some way and i'm going to pick one randomize it probably put names down and have abigail draw from a hat or something and the winner's going to get um hundred dollars i don't know whether it'll be a gift card or what it will be there is a lot of listeners outside of the united states so we'll uh, we'll do what we need to, to to convert that over to to pesos or to lira not lira that's a oh goodness to euro um what up corona wherever it is so happy to have you and i don't want to to uh to not open the contest to you as well but yeah one listener 100 bucks um depending on their response there may be some second and third prize winners too um but whether it's like i said whether it's gift card cash something 100 dollar value uh, and we can talk about that with with whoever wins what what makes the most sense to them um in in today's world if it's hundred dollar gas card and that's going to get you to get some good gas in your tank we'll do that um but i cannot thank you guys enough i thank you every episode for listening and man if uh, i could almost get emotional about it. i'm so thankful for those who listen whether you listen to every episode or whether you just listen to the episode of your best friend who's being interviewed or your favorite star that's being interviewed just the sheer volume of people i've interviewed and the, if you would have told me two years ago that you're going to interview you know olympic medalist you're going to interview a two-time olymp a two-time gold medalist a silver medalist a u.s olympic bobsledder i would have thought nah you would have told me you're going to interview Bob Eubanks, the <laughs> legendary host of the Newlywed Game. I would have said, mm, "That sounds, you know, sounds like uh, a crazy experience," which it was. Go check that interview out. You told me you're going to interview the person who caught the Green River Killer. I would have never believed it if you would have said you're going to interview Lori Beth Denberg from Nickelodeon's All That. I nostalgic reliving my childhood watching all that seeing her as a loud librarian and then i got to interview her amazing interviewed lavender from matilda um interviewed people that i had never once heard of before this but then they just became such amazing friends to this day that i still you know correspond with never never in a million years i would i thought you know you know i was about to say 10 years ago two years ago not quite 10 years yet two years ago that i would have had these experiences and i'm so thankful for that and i i really i i do this just to learn about people and to 
gain um, knowledge myself and hopefully help those who are listening gain a little knowledge too. You know, I, I never do it for, for the listeners, which that sounds weird. I never do it for the listener count. Um, you know, some episodes have thousands upon thousands of listens and some, you know, don't. And that's perfectly fine for me. Um, I'm I am so happy to to been able to to speak with with those people that maybe didn't bring in a huge huge listener base, but you know what they brought? They brought in a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom, a lot of insight, and it was an honor to speak with them. To the people who have been um, featured and have been guests, have been nice enough to come on. So so thankful for you. I hope very very much that. You know, my listeners have made it beneficial for you to come on. I do like to think that I'm a, a friendly enough guy that it's just an enjoyable conversation, but I know you guys have, you know, products and books and things that you're you're hoping to, to gain a, a, larger, uh, a larger base. So hopefully, you know, some of these followers have bought the books or bought the products. Um, never going to be a hard seller and tell, you, tell the listener, hey, you got to. Um, but you as a listener, I hope that you've gained enough insight from, from one or two or more people that you've, you have picked up that book or you have bought that product. I know some of you have, um, I've spoken to, to some of you guys that have, so really, really thankful for that. Um, both from, from you loyal listeners and, and to those who have been featured, so it's just, uh, I think at, at this point in the conversation, all I can say is thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's all that it will be is just, I, I don't even think I can put into words how appreciative I am for for those who have stuck around, those who have listened to, to any any part of any hundred of these episodes. It's just a, a, a magical thing to to think that me sitting here in this spare bedroom, which I moved about a year ago, so now I'm in the spare spare bedroom doing this it's also my dog's room so when it's not my podcast room it's actually called rigby's room which is my irish terrier mix 11 year old dog's room um to think that me sitting here looking out the window at the the nice courtyard in front of me that thousands and thousands and thousands of people have listened to my voice across the world listened to my conversations with people is just a a special thing it's it really is and, and obviously wouldn't be here wouldn't be doing it without you um you know i said i don't care about listener count but you know i i do obviously <laughs> I, I don't know that i'd be able to 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 book the people that i i do if uh if i was it was just me and them talking and it was just a, a friendly conversation between between the two of us obviously we got to have uh, people listening and supporting and following. So happy that you're there. Um, yeah. So I always tell you, hey, go follow on Instagram. Go follow um, on Spotify and on Apple. Leave that review. But it's extra important this time because um, there's a contest. So again, I'm going to pick somebody that has proven that they've followed. They have written a review if they have an Apple phone. They follow on Instagram. Um, send me those screenshots by email. Again, not in a huff podcast at gmail.com or in a DM on Instagram. Whatever way you want to get it to me, Carrier Pigeon, show me that you've supported the podcast. It doesn't have to be a new review. If you sent it in months ago or years ago, that's okay too. Show me the, the review that you've left. Um, follow him on everything you can. If you don't have Instagram, hope you do. I'm not going to like remove you from the the, uh, the contest. Show me that you've supported this podcast now or in the past, and you can be entered into uh, the drawing. I uh, Obviously, you do have to give a five-star because you got to be listening on Apple, on Spotify, maybe on something else. We can talk about that if you email me, if you listen on something else. Um but to show your support, show that you've supported me, prove it to me, um, send it to me in some way, you'll be entered in that drawing, $100 in some form, whether it's a gift card, some some way, uh, I'll get it to you. And uh, I, I again, thank you so much. 
oh, when when will the the uh, contest end? You know, I think a good time would be that two year mark. You know, the uh, the one hundred and fourth episode. So this hundred episode, hundred and four is supposed to necessarily or technically be the two year mark. So uh, I guess we'll end it in four weeks. So plenty of time to to listen. I know sometimes. You know, just I, I look at the listeners and and there's a, a big jump or a big bump and boost, obviously, when the episode comes out. We've got those listeners and then we have some listeners that you trickle in, you know, about a week later, there's a big bump, too. So if you're listening the day it comes out, go become part of the contest. If you're listening a week later and another one's already came out, too. Well, good. You can still be part of this contest. Um, but those who are listening Three years from now, let's just put this a date down. Um, so obviously this is August. It'll be third when it comes out, 2022, and it'll end sometime in September of 2022. So sorry for you listening in 2024. Contest has end has ended. Uh, but if you're if you're listening before 104 has came out, um, well, please enter. Please enter. Um, would love to love to, to obviously have that engagement but I'd love to to send you something as well so man I have rambled so much more this episode than any others I think combined I've probably already talked more than 50 of my episodes so thank you for for sticking around this episode thanks for sticking around for 100 episodes so honored to have you listening so honored to have you here um We'll see you next week in 101. Take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome.